This is Servant Marcia Carney with Escape to Heaven. Spirit of the Lord is upon me. His anointing is empowering. The kingdom of the Lord is within me. And He's calling Good morning, good morning, good morning, Radio Land. It has happened again. This is Monday morning, uh, Wave 94.1, and we're here to let you know heaven is here on earth. Our Father prayer is not in vain. Heaven can be brought here within you, with us, and all that we do today. I am so grateful that I've arrived, you've arrived, and you're listening to Servant Marcia from Heaven on Earth Ministries of Jesus Christ. And we're talking about escape, escape to heaven. And then we're looking at how can we escape? Are we are we qualified to escape? And who are we? Today, we're going to speak about the woman's seed, her position and place in the earth and in the heavenlies. Uh, our God, who is our Father, okay? He's awesome, great, powerful, loving, enduring, everlasting. But with all of that, He longed to share Himself with Himself, thus experiencing Himself. So He came up with a plan to fulfill this desire, this passion, this longing. And by creating mankind, Adam, the father of the seed of the woman, that's who Adam is, okay? And placing his breath inside the earthen vessel, God was able to commune with his image, at least until the fall. Why is man so important? Uh, how will he return back to the Father to continue the intent of God? Also, will he become one with the Son as well? Remember, it's in John, it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then later on, 14th verse, I believe it says, the word became flesh and dwelt among them. So will mankind ever be back to the original intent of God? What is the final destination of the seed of the woman? Well, the Bible lets us know that when the time of the Gentiles come to the end, the church will be raptured, taken to heaven for the period when God will judge the inhabitants of the earth for all the evil they will have done and will punish Israelites and other people for their iniquity. That's in Daniel, the ninth chapter. At the end of the great tribulation, the Lord Jesus will come back to earth with his church and will reign on this earth a thousand years together. And then that's in Revelation 20th chapter. And at the end of the thousand year reign of Jesus Christ, a short period of time, the, uh, 
the the dragon will be released and then we will have the final judgment when the present heaven and earth will perish and a new heaven and new earth will come forth. But let's go back to what is man? Psalms 144 said, Blessed be the Lord, my strength, which teach my hands to war, my fingers to fight, my goodness, my fortress, my high tower, my deliverer, my shield, and he in whom I trust, who subdued my people under me. Lord, what is man? That's what King David said, that thou takest knowledge of him or the son of man that thou makest account of him. Man is like vanity. His days are as a shadow that pass away. But, you know, God bless mankind. That's what man is. Man is created in the image and likeness of God. And man is also blessed by God originally before the fall. And who is God that he can issue such blessings? And, and, and no matter what, uh, at the end of the day, God's original intent will be fulfilled for mankind. Psalms 145 lets us know that great is the Lord, greatly to be praised. His greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall praise thy works to another and shall declare thy mighty works. The Lord is gracious, full of compassion, slow to anger, and of great mercy. The Lord is good to all. His tender mercies are over all his works. The Lord is near unto them that call upon him, to all that call upon him in truth. He will fulfill the desire of them that call upon him. He will preserve all that love him. Psalms 146 says, The Lord opened the eyes of the blind, raised them that are bowed down. The Lord loved the righteous. This is who God is, his characteristics. He preserved the strangers. He relieved the fatherless and the widow. Psalms 147 says, God heal the broken hearts and bind up their wounds. Uh, he, God can tell the number of the stars. He called them all by names. Great is our Lord and of great power. His understanding is infinite. How do the woman see you and I that have decided that we're going to live heaven on earth, we're going to live that way. Then we go back to what Jesus said in Matthew, the fifth chapter, and it was the Beatitudes. He opened his mouth and he taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. This is how you and I are to live Heaven activated while we're on earth. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely. For Jesus' sake, rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven. So, because why? They persecuted 
the prophets, which were before you and I. Remember, woman seed, saints of God, you are the salt of the earth. But if we lose, if salt loses its savior, then what good is it? It brings forth nothing. You are the light of the world, but you can not be hidden under a bushel. You sit on a hill so that you cannot be hidden. This is what you and I are to do while we're honored, living heaven activated. We must remember, as Hebrews, the 11th chapter mentioned that we are pilgrims. There were those before us that had the faith, but they died in the faith and they never received the promises. Even though they soared far off, they were persuaded. They embraced the promises of God. They, uh, these are saints that never even received the Holy Spirit, but they still believed in the promises of the Messiah. And they confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country, a heavenly country. First Peter, the second uh, chapter says, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims. So saints of God, redeemed, righteous woman seed, we are strangers and pilgrims on earth. So we are to abstain from fleshly lusts, which war against the soul. Our conversation, our lifestyle have to be honest and open among the Gentiles that whereas they speak against us as evildoers, but by your good works, which they shall behold, they shall glorify God. Amen. Moses, while he was on earth, he said, I have been a stranger in a strange land. He said that in Exodus, he firmly believed in God's promises that those who would prove faithful to him would be richly rewarded in this life and the life to come. Also, uh, I believe even Abraham, he declared himself a stranger. Genesis 17th chapter, when God said, I will establish my covenant between God and Abraham and Abraham's seed and the generations for an everlasting covenant. And God said he would be a God unto the seed of Abraham. And he would give unto them and to thy seed after thee, the land where you are a stranger, all of the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession. And I will be their God. My point is over and over again, great men and women of God in the Bible declared that they were stranger and pilgrims. And so are we on the earth. This is how we live as heavenly bound people. Can you escape to heaven? Yes. Why? Because you are living a life where the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God is activated in you. Over in Romans, the 14th chapter, it tells us that the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. Remember that? But love, you know, Holy Spirit, you know, this is the kingdom of God inside of us. Romans the 8th chapter tells us that as we live daily on earth, that uh, there's no condemnation for us that are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Because why? We have not received the spirit of bondage to fear, but instead the spirit of adoption 
whereby we cry, Abba, Abba, meaning Father, Father. And the Holy Spirit itself bears witness inside of our spirit that we are the children of God. That's how we live on earth. We live not just as creation of God, but the children of God. Because if we are children, then we are heirs. And if we're heirs of God, then we're joint heirs with Christ so that we suffer with him. But guess what? We're also glorified together with him. And we all know that we know this as children of God, that all things, you know, all this that you're going through, you may have an illness, a disappointment, may not have uh, employment right now, may be confused, just may be in a moment of just don't know what to do or things are too big for you to understand how to cope with it. Here's the word from the Father for those that are the children of God. In Romans, the 8th chapter, matter of fact, I believe the 8th verse, or the 18th verse, it says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. Verse 29 says, for whom God did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. So we're the many brethren. Jesus is the firstborn. Moreover, who God did predestinate, those he called. Whoever he called, he justified. And whom he justified, he glorified. How do we live on earth every day? Heaven conscious, heaven activated. Phillips, the first chapter says, according to my earnest expectation and my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ. So we live with Christ magnified in our bodies whether it be by life or by death, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. So let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And we say that all the time, but then <laughs> what is the mind of Christ Jesus? And that mind was to be obedient to the Father, obedient to submit unto God, okay, even unto death. For it is God which worketh in us both to will and to do of his pleasure. So as we live upon earth, we are to live with the mindset that Jesus had. And that was one of obedience. When he was in uh, Gethsemane, uh, in the garden, he was moaning and, and groaning and crying and weeping and beseeching even to the point where, uh, you know, sweat became his blood, okay? And he even said he didn't want to leave his humanity. He really didn't. He even said to the Father, God, is there any way that this cup can be taken away from me? I mean, I, I think I said that today. I think you've said it many times when it becomes overwhelming to figure out how you are supposed to be serving the kingdom of God. And we often say, Lord, can't you take this cup away from me? Can't you just solve the problem and let me be happy? But then you still must submit to the will of God. Amen. Phillips, the second 
chapter says, do all things without mummerings and disputing so that you may be blameless and harmless. The sons of God without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom we are to shine as lights in the world. So we have to forget those things which are behind and we got to reach forward to the things that are before us, meaning the things in the kingdom of God. We have to press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God, of Christ Jesus. You're listening to Escape to Heaven, Servant Marcia, but let's talk about it. Escape to Heaven means you have to be heavenly bounded in your consciousness, in your actions, in your thoughts, and your deeds. I know that we all think about heaven when we're heavenly bounded, uh, as stated over in 2 Corinthians 5th chapter, for we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle, meaning our body, were dissolved, okay, we got this earthly body, and it can get sick, weary, tired, Just so many things. We got COVID, high blood, this, that, all kind of generational body ailments. But this is what we have to know in our hearts of hearts. We have to know that we have a building of God, okay? A house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house. That means our body, our glorified body, which is from heaven. If so, be that being clothed, that we won't be naked because in this body that we have, we're burdened, we're groaning. Uh, but if we, because this is mortality, we're going to die. We're going to go dust to dust. Okay. However, we have a body that it comes from God. Okay. Um, we have a deposit of the Holy Spirit inside of us. So, We can be confident knowing that while we're at home in this body and we're absent from the Lord because we walk by faith and not by sight, we are confident, I say, and willing to be absent from this earthen body. Why? Because we're going to be immediately present with the Lord. So we labor, whether present or absent, from Him that we may be accepted by God. Okay, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Jesus Christ that everyone may receive the things done in this body, whether it be good or bad. Let me summarize that. As we're living on earth, we're thinking about heaven. Why? Because we know we have another existence. We have another glorified body. Even though the body we have right now today is going to pass away because we come from dirt, we're going to return to dirt But knowing that we are aware that we have another existence, another body, then as we execute things on earth, we got to execute it, hoping that we're doing things consistent with the word of God. Amen. How do we get to heaven in Ecclesiastes? The 12th chapter says, then shall the dust return to the earth as it was. And the spirit, our spirit man shall return unto God who gave it. In Ephesians, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, not with some, but with all spiritual blessings, okay, in heavenly places, in Christ Jesus, 
according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. An illustration by Jesus was over in Luke, the 16th chapter. He talked about the rich man and Lazarus. And Lazarus was a godly man, but he was poor. He was a beggar. You know, there was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen, and he ate every day well. And then there was a beggar named Lazarus, and he was at the gate of the rich man's house and full of sores and wanting to be fed from the crumbs that fell from the rich man's table. And the dogs would come and lick his sores. But it came to pass, the beggar died. He was carried by the angels of God into Abraham's bosom, which is like paradise. The rich man also died. He was buried. But guess what? He lifted up his eyes in hell, being in torment. And then he saw Abraham afar, and he saw Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, and notice what that means. That means the rich man and Lazarus were both Abraham lineage, both, okay? Because the rich man woke up in hell, and at that time, both hell and, for lack of a better word, uh, the righteous living in Abraham's bosom, so both the the sinful and the righteous were both living in the same geographical area, their spiritual existence, and the rich man calls out to Father Abraham, say, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember, when you were in your life on heaven, you received all the good things. Lazarus got the evil things. Now he's comforted and you're tormented. And besides, between us and you, there's a great gulf fix so that we cannot pass to each other. So then the rich man said, well, I pray to you, Father Abraham, could you send Lazarus to my father's house? Because I have brethren, I have five, and I want him to tell them about this place of torment. And Abraham said unto him, hey, they have the prophets, they have Moses, let them hear them. He said, but Father Abraham, if one went up to them from the dead, they will repent. And Abraham said unto him, Hey, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded by Lazarus. I want to comment on that because now in today's world, the past, say, 20 years or more, we are beginning to hear of so many people that are dying and going to heaven or hell and coming back and telling us about these places. I almost dare to say that the rich man's prayer, that's how merciful our God is, how grace, you know, there's so much grace that is extended from God to mankind. And and I would almost say that the rich man's prayer was answered in today's existence because of the many, many multitudes that are coming back from the spirit world and telling us about hell and telling us to repent. The Lord heard the rich man's prayer. So when we leave earth, Revelations, the sixth chapter says, 
If we're righteous, well, this is John, the revelator, saying what was revealed to him. He said, when Jesus opened that fifth cell, the fifth seal, that he saw under the altar the souls of them which were slain for the word of God and for the testimony. And those souls cried out with a loud voice saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, does thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? And white robes were given unto them. And it was said unto them that they should rest yet a little while until their fellow servants and brethren should be killed as they were, and that should be fulfilled. The point is, when we leave earth, the seed of the woman also has new clothes, and those clothes are the robe of righteousness. Heaven is spiritual, but it's also physical. Uh, Heaven is a physical place. We will inhabit it with our glorified body. Uh, that's over in First Corinthians. The life in the eternal heaven will be that we will eat and drink in heaven. That was in Luke 22nd and Isaiah 25th. We will not sin in the eternal heaven. First Corinthians 15th chapter. We will rest. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I need rest in heaven. That's Hebrews, the fourth chapter. We will have a dwelling place. You know, Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I will come back again. We will enjoy heaven uh, with Christ the Father and with other believers. That's in 1 Thessalonians, the fourth chapter. We will coexist with animals peacefully. That's in Isaiah the 11th chapter, we will sing and make music, Revelation, the 8th and the 14th chapter, and we will dance in heaven. Oh, my goodness. Jeremiah, the 31st chapter. Can we escape to heaven? I say yes. Do we have hope for having heaven brought to earth as we live on earth? Again, I say yes. And that's because of you, the believer. Heaven exists inside of you. And if you would activate heaven, you can release it to the rest of the world, even in this tumultuous period that we're living in. You have been listening to Heaven on Earth Ministries. Escape to heaven today while you can. I will now pray for you, Father God. I ask you, Lord, to strengthen us, strengthen your children, God, strengthen those that desire to be obedient to you. And Lord, let us stay. Let us um, persist, God. Let us have uh, long-suffering, Father. Let us have faith, Lord God. And Lord, bless us as you have always blessed us. Let us believe, God, that you are real heaven is real and what Jesus has done for us is real and that the blood of the lamb still have the power that it had upon the original cross. When when Jesus hung on that cross and the blood and the water poured out of his side, the power of the blood is still activated even today. God, we thank you for this opportunity Radio Land, believe, trust the Lord, and I can't wait to see you next week. God bless you. 
Be encouraged. Bye. Anybody wanna see you love once? Mm, yeah.